and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Dina Mishko in the case of the Ailing Avenues. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. The cold, dark nights were drawing in. It had been a long day and my muscles craved warmth. I sat by the fire in my old leather club chair, cupping a glass of crisp cognac, reflecting on past events. The ISA Annual International Conference in Orlando, Florida, U.S., now seemed a distant memory, and the climbing competitions were all wrapped up for the year. Beyond our commitment to the TCI Expo in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, U.S., I figured Coded and I had a bit of time in our hands. And at that thought, Coded wandered in. Evening, Dendro. Evening. You know, you may want to consider packing some extra things for our trip to the City of Bridges. We're heading north to watch the Steelers play? Not exactly. How are your sea legs? Coda was cautious. Well, it's been a while. I, uh, I used to sail with my uncle on occasion to southern Europe. He used to pack and send cargo out of a shipping yard in Philly, but, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. Good enough, I thought. Coda, call your uncle right away and see if he can fix us two tickets. I've always dreamed of seeing the south of France. The journey across the Atlantic was a little rough, not exactly what I had in mind. As soon as we entered the tranquil Mediterranean waters, it was smooth sailing. In the distance, the picturesque coastline gave me calm. I breathed in the warm air as we approached the port of Marseille. I could almost smell the onion soup. After a peaceful night's rest at a local guest house, I felt re-energized. I threw back the shutters to catch the early morning light dappling the tree-lined sandy square opposite. Codet was slowly stirring. Bonjour, Codet. Get dressed. We're off to the Camarge Natural Park, a UNESCO wetland reserve. I also need to brush up on my ornithology. Codet was a slug, so I figured it best to grab some croissants and coffee on the way. We walked across the square to the Café Arbor. Bonjour, monsieur. I greeted the man across the counter. The man kneading dough returned my greeting with an indecipherable mumble. Hello, monsieur. Can I help you? A voice turned my head and my eyes lit up at the beauty holding the tray before me, dark hair caressing her shoulders. Oh, please excuse my boss, uh, Jean de Bois. He's a little rushed this morning. Uh, bonjour, mademoiselle. Madame Bella Plantin, monsieur. My friend, Codet, and I would like two uh, croissants, and, uh, admittedly, my eyes wandered. Deep brown eyes, perfectly formed curves. What was I there for again? Croissants, and, um, what? Uh, certainly, monsieur, would you like coffee, too? Bella asked politely. We, uh, oui, uh, merci, madame. My pronunciation might not be perfect, I thought. Maybe I'll try and impress her with a little arboricultural knowledge instead. I was admiring the Platinus ex Hispanica, London Plain or Sycamore, lining the square. Its parent species, Platinus orientalis, Oriental Plain, and Platinus occidentalis, American Plain or Sycamore, were brought together to create this robust hybrid. Those strong scaffold branches look magnificent. The autumnal leaf colors show that the chlorophyll pigment is breaking down into useful nutrients, such as nitrogen, which the tree can store throughout winter. This allows other pigments to be displayed, such as carotenoids, which reflect yellow and orange light, thus displaying the attractive colors we see. 
I could tell Bella was enchanted. I continued. The bark which flakes off to create that distinct camouflage-like appearance is the tree's way of self-cleansing as it's exposed to pollution. The younger shoots and leaves also help remove harmful particulates from the air. And not only are these trees extremely pollution-tolerant, but they can also survive in very poor soil conditions, help reduce your cafe's energy consumption through shade and cooling, and help block wind. The London plane is perhaps the most cost-effective tree species for urban planting due to its longevity, large canopy, and ability to reduce atmospheric carbon dioxide while locking up large amounts of carbon. Jean Dubois stopped kneading. Excuse me, monsieur, but uh, how do you know so much about our trees? Uh, my assistant and I are arborists. Ah, we have an avenue of these trees where I live. The local arborist, uh, Robert Grimper, prunes them regularly. He hasn't been able to come this year, though. He's too busy working uh, by the canal near Bizier. But my trees, I've been a little troubled by them lately. They're not as attractive this year. Perhaps the dry summer hasn't helped. Would you mind looking at them? I nudged Coda with my elbow. The poor guy was asleep on his feet. He needed caffeine a lot more than he needed a lecture. Oh, certainly, Monsieur Dubois. Coda and I can come and look right away, if you're free, I replied. But for now, let's stick with croissants and coffee. Well, so much for the bird watching, I thought, as we left the cafe and the beautiful Bella Plantain behind. The plane trees lining the Rue Tatard were typical of the French Avenue, and were a good example of pollarding when it's done correctly. However, these mature specimens were certainly looking a little weary. Monsieur Dubois, when were these last pollarded? I suspected it had been for two years. Uh, it would have been the winter before last, so two years ago. And when did the leaves change color? Jean mumbled, doing the math in his head. It was much earlier this year, late July or early August. They looked tired, so suddenly turning yellow, curling up. Uh, could it be drought? I turned to Coded, now officially awake. What do you think? London Plain can usually withstand drought, Coded said, narrowing his eyes at the base of the tree. I was considering a case of chlorosis, nutrient deficiency, or a lack of iron, perhaps. Well, plane trees are commonly planted as street trees because they are able to tolerate very poor soil conditions. However... I don't think the soil is the root cause here, I said, bringing Kodit's attention back to the canopy. It appears we have some dieback in the crown. Oh, dieback, yellowing, curling leaves. Could it be verticillium wilt? The soil-borne fungal pathogen infects sapwood and causes yellowing, wilting, dieback, and necrosis. Not likely, my dear assistant. Platinous species are resistant to it. Consider the symptoms you can see and try to recall another pathogen that specifically affects London Plain. Judging by Kodit's furrowed expression, he was digging deep. The coffee must have done the trick. Masaria, he blurted. Th this looks like Masaria disease, caused by the fungus Splanchnema platini. Formerly Masaria platini. Close, I said. What we have here does have similarities to Masaria, such as branch dieback and dark lesions on some of the branches. However, Masaria is not ailing this avenue. I approached one of the main stems and gestured to the bark. Monsieur Dubois, I have the answer to your ailing avenue.
turn to my client, Confident. Monsieur Dubois, I believe we have a serious case of Ceratocystis platini, formerly Ceratocystis fimbriata f. platini, known as canker stain of plain or plain tree wilt. It is a fungal pathogen causing canker stain disease and wilt in plane trees or sycamore trees. The pathogen enters the xylem in the vascular cambium through damaged wood, or it passes from tree to tree through root grafts. Beetles may also be vectors carrying fungal spores from tree to tree. You mentioned that your local arborist usually pollards these trees. Yes, Monsieur Dendreau, Jean replied with curiosity. And you say that he has been working by a canal? Yes, monsieur. I was afraid so. Jean, I think I know the cause of infection. And I'm afraid you're not going to like it. You see, another way of infecting plane tree with canker stain is via contaminated pruning tools. And from machinery that damages roots. Your arborist may have accidentally introduced the pathogen the last time he pollarded the trees here. The fungus can survive and develop for several years inside the tree if the temperature range is adequate, 10 degrees Celsius to 45 degrees Celsius, 50 degrees Fahrenheit to 113 degrees Fahrenheit. It can even sustain in freezing temperatures as low as negative 17 degrees Celsius, 1.4 Fahrenheit, and also lay dormant in soil for several months as long as the temperature doesn't exceed 35 degrees Celsius to 40 degrees Celsius, 95 degrees Fahrenheit to 104 degrees Fahrenheit. There was only one canal that I knew of, the Canal de Midi, a remarkable feat of engineering, which linked the Mediterranean with the Atlantic. It's one of the oldest man-made waterways in Europe, built in the 1600s and now a UNESCO site, I added. The impact of canker stain has been significant here in France, with around 42,000 London Plain potentially infected along the Canal de Midi alone, which I believe is where your arborist may be working. The planes were originally planted in the 1860s along the canal to help reinforce the banks and to provide shade for barges and boats. Unfortunately, the mooring of those vessels has resulted in damage to the trees, which has consequently created a pathway for infection. Jean understandably looked terribly worried. His eyes darted from me to Codet and then back to me again. Is there any way of treating this canker stain? I'm afraid there is currently no known cure, I replied carefully. Once the fungal pathogen has entered the vascular cambium, it produces staining in the sapwood, which can extend longitudinally at a rate of 50 to 100 centimeters, 19.6 to 39.4 inches, per year through the xylem vessels and along the medullary rays into the harpwood. The yellowing leaves or chlorosis you have observed is usually the first symptom displayed. Other areas of infection may be visible as dark bluish-violet lesions and cankers in the stem or branches, as displayed here. These symptoms, along with severe leaf wilting, bark necrosis, and girdling, will eventually lead to tree mortality. Coded acted as my laser pointer, indicating on the leaves or stems the various visible symptoms. I continued... The pathogen can be correctly detected and identified using both traditional observation techniques and with laboratory methods. If you go the route of microbiology, then potentially infected samples may be isolated on potato dextrose agar or carrot agar, which allows the pathogen to develop if it's present. Infected trees decline rapidly and can die within three to seven years. 
The current disease control is removal of the infected trees and burning them to stop the spread. But in a lot of places, you can't burn. In those locations, the tree may need to be sent to a landfill. I recall my uncle telling me about a disease that impacted the American plane prior to the 1950s. As many as 80% of the trees were affected and removed in some areas in the eastern United States and in California. The felled timber was then used to produce shipping crates during World War II. If that timber was infected, then perhaps that's how the canker stain was introduced into Europe. Precisely, Coded. Canker stain can affect London Plain and its parents, American Plain and Oriental Plain. French specialists believe that it was introduced into southern Europe in the 1940s through a number of ammunition boxes made from infected American plane trees from the eastern U.S. Reports of canker stain were recorded in Barcelona, Marseille, and across Italy. The disease then spread rapidly into Italy and Switzerland and more slowly through France. However, the spread through France has accelerated in the past decade and it's now present in Greece as well. It's not known why the disease is less significant in the U.S. It's perhaps attributed to greater species diversity and wider distribution of plane tree species, which is less in the U.S. relative to Europe. I had John's full attention, and this convenient intersection of world history seemed to mesh with Kodit's uncle's story as well. All in all, I concluded, we're witnessing a disease which could change the urban landscape significantly, and in a short period of time. If we work together on both sides of the Atlantic, then perhaps we can stop the spread and eradicate this deadly disease by preventing the movement of infected stock, cuttings, sawdust, and soil, applying sanitation methods, and ensuring pruning tools and machinery are disinfected and washed, and continuing to survey susceptible plane species, including the London Plain. Jean was deeply saddened. Monsieur Dendro, thank you for your expertise. Is there something I can offer in return? Well, I hear you make the best onion soup in France. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just log in at the ISA store, click on online CEU quizzes, and find the Detective Dendro quizzes. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. <laughs>